This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So it's a great time to be a value investor. Woohoo! Finally, we're getting our day in the sun. And there are a lot of great value stocks out there as we head into 2022. Even if they've had big rallies, a lot of cheapness because the earnings are rising. So what are the high-ranked cheap stocks to buy right now? I just wanted to run a simple screen on this podcast as we go into 2022 to give you some ideas of what areas you should be looking at for cheap value stocks and what is going on with them. How cheap are they? Uh, They're pretty darn cheap. So let's dive right in. Okay, so the screen I ran was just the Zach's rank of number ones or number twos, which are the strong buys and buys. So those are our two best ranks, the number ones and number twos. And combined, it'll make up a little over 800 stocks, give or take, depending on when you run it. So that's a good amount of uh, greatness that we can choose from there. Then I added on the value components. So I chose a PE under 15 for the screen. I thought about doing under 10 to get like dirt cheap, but I'm adding other components too. So I figured why do I need to go that cheap on the PE? I don't. So I chose under 15. I did a price to sales ratio under one, and then I did a peg under one. So I chose to include the price to sales ratio this time because Everybody's talking about it and they're talking about all those growth stocks and how they have price to sales ratios of 40 or 50, whatever it is. And now, oh, wait, after the decline in the growth stocks, it's now down to 15 or 20. It's a sale. But a true sale is really price to sales under one because that means we're paying less than a dollar for each sale. So that's what we want, right? We want to get everything on sale with our value stock. And then PEG, I included that because I wanted to get some growth in there. And this should give us uh, the low PE, but also with the growth component. So if you do under one, you're going to get some value. And what did I get when I combined all these factors? I got 29 stocks. So that's pretty good. I was surprised. I thought I might get about 15 But no, we got 29 this time. And what was in this group? Well, some of our normal value type of stocks, as you might imagine. Of course, home builders. Yes, they're in there. That's a hot area. A lot of them are hitting new highs, but they're still dirt cheap. We had some of the auto stocks. Uh, There's some retailers in there. There was not any energy. So um, I'm thinking the energy is not falling into this screen because the price to sales and maybe even the peg, but no, probably not the peg price to sales is probably why we're not getting any energy, but that's okay because I've covered energy plenty on other podcasts. So you can go um, check some of those out. So let's dive right into the five stocks I chose this time. Some we've talked about in the past, but some we have not. And I had to go kind of figure out what they are. So that's always fun to get some new ideas for 2022. Okay, the first one out of the gate is going to be one of the home builders, KB Home, ticker KBH. And I've mentioned this one on a couple podcasts here in December of 2021, because I can't believe how cheap it is. PE is just 5.6. 
It has a peg of 0.15, price to sales ratio of 0.7. It also pays a dividend yielding 1.4%. So they have a market cap of 3.8 billion. So not that small. One of the larger of the home builders, they have a lot going on in California because they're headquartered out there, but they are national home builders. So um, you can find them in a lot of the hot markets. Now, what have these shares been doing year to date? They're up 32%, but they have pulled off those highs in recent months because they kind of hit the high earlier in the year. So over the last six months, these shares are down 2.88%. So they've just kind of been weak and meandering. So that's why we got the low PE here. And the earnings, the earnings look fantastic. So 2020, they made $3.13. 2021, this year, expected to make 590. Then 2022, now expect to make 788, a gain of 33%. Now remember the problem with the home builders and why they got so cheap is because the street was thinking peak earnings and they thought 2021 was gonna be the best. And how could it get any hotter? But it has remained hot and the demand has remained. So the backlog still continues to grow, but the gross margins on a lot of these home builders are improving and expected to improve into next year. How could that be? Well, they still do have pricing power. They're still able to raise prices to fight any kind of inflationary pressures. And the lumber prices, which soared last spring, are now coming back down to earth and now working their way back into the gross margins. So um, any orders they placed back then, now when they build the houses, you know, in 2022, the lumber prices have come down. So that's going to help the gross margins. But I have heard some of the home builders say it might not help them until the second half or, you know, later on, closer to the summer of next year. But it still will work its way through. So look for those gross margins to go up to possibly record highs with any of these home builders. So the one I chose, um, there were several on here, but I chose KB Home this time. But a lot of them, if not all of them, are cheap and they all have the same kind of dynamics going on. So do your homework, find one you like. Maybe you bought a home from one of them. Um, the only difference between some of them is uh, like Toll Brothers is luxury home builders. And some of the others target first time or some of them target uh, retirees like 55 and older. Some have apartments, some are also building on uh, build to rent. So they have agreements with uh, others to build a whole bunch of houses, which then get rented out. These are all you know, different business models between all the builders. KB Homes does not have one of that. Uh, so they are just building the homes. So that's why I like them, KBH is the ticker. Then we have a new stock that I've never covered before, ACE Technology. I think that's how you pronounce it, but it's A-S-E, not C. So it's A-S-E Technology, but the ticker is A-S-X. X is an X-ray, A-S-X. And they're a Chinese chip testing and packaging firm in Taiwan. So this is on the semiconductor side. So that's why I, I was intrigued. I'm like, wow, there's a cheap semiconductor that fits all my other criteria, but they do. They have a PE of 10.6, price to sales of just 0.9, a peg of 
They have a market cap of 17.8 billion, so they're not a small company. And they do pay a dividend yielding 2.7%. Now, because they're a foreign company, it's lightly covered. We only have one analyst on it. But 2020, they made 43 cents. 2021, expected to make 76 cents. Then 2022, up 18.4% to 90 cents. So that's what I want to see. No bear trap there. No kind of value trap. And so they're just growing those earnings. But these shares have also come down. So year to date, up 32%. But over the last three months now, down 12.2% on kind of this tech pullback that we've seen, even though this is not one of the overvalued technology companies. So also, because it's Taiwan, you could get some geopolitical issues in there depending on what's going on um, over there. So keep that in mind that there is geopolitical risk with any foreign company um, as well. So keep that on your list. But ACE Technology, ASX, on the semiconductor side. Okay, number three is one of the autos, Asbury Automotive, ABG. A, B as in boy, G as in girl. So ABG is a ticker. These have been cheap all year. They have um, had a decent year, but it's been a little rocky recently. So uh, Asbury year to date up 17.4%. Over the last month, though, it's down 6%. So again, it has pulled back, getting even cheaper. So what are they? They're one of the largest automotive retail and service companies in the U.S., They just announced here in early December that they're acquiring Stevenson Auto. They're in Denver. So if you're in Denver, you know Stevenson. They have eight dealerships there. They're acquiring them for $715 million. So that's a big deal, uh, getting a lot of dealerships, eight dealerships. They have 101 right now and 24 collision repair centers. So their market cap is $3.9 billion. They're not real small either. They also have online digital car purchasing platform, ClickLane, so that's vital. Um, I I know one of the analysts downgraded a lot of the auto dealerships not that long ago in November of 2021, I believe, on worries that companies like Carvana were going to take over the auto dealership market and that we would never go back to auto dealerships except maybe for car repairs because we were all just going to buy our cars online. And while online car sales have you know, taken off, especially during the pandemic, all of these companies aren't exactly sitting back and letting it happen either. <laughs> like Asbury has the click lane. They all have their own kind of online digital platforms now. So I'm not too concerned about that with some of these, especially just going into next year and given how cheap they are. So how cheap are they? So they have a PE of just 6.7, price to sales of 0.4, and a PEG of 0.37. So dirt cheap across the board. Um, No dividend, though, with this one. Um, So that's the only negative, maybe, if you're looking for a dividend. Some of the other auto uh, dealerships, companies, they do pay uh, at least a small dividend. Um, What do the earnings look like? So 2020, they made 1290. That was the pandemic year, so a little more difficult. 2021, almost doubled, $25.58, up 98%. And then next year, a very nice 13% gain expected of $28.96. $28.96 for next year. 
Now, the auto stocks were one of those where they did also think it was peak earnings. I mean, how many cars do we need to buy? But with the semiconductor shortage, a lot of us are thwarted about buying either new or used. Remember the dealerships, they, they sell both. And so we're kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting for more cars to be built and uh, for next year, basically, for more cars to be you know, moving onto the lots, which should happen by the summer. So um, additionally, the auto rental car companies, which sold a lot of their fleet when the pandemic hit, is now going to have to restock. So where are they going to get those cars? It's just going to be a big year for cars next year. So I still like the dealerships. I like the manufacturers. I like the auto parts companies. Um, take a look at any of those. But for this screen, it was Asbury, ABG is the ticker. Then uh, let's see, that was our third stock. So number four is one many of you have tweeted at me and said, Tracy, when are you gonna talk about this on the podcast? It's cheap and it is. So finally, we're, we're talking about it. It is Funko, ticker F-N-K-O. F is in Frank, N is in Nancy, K-O. O is in Omega. Um, Funko, it's the Zach's number one. And if you don't know Funko, you know some of its products. So they make those pop dolls, you know, those little pop things you can buy <laughs> about like Harry Potter or Batman or Star Wars or just about anything. Um, Funko also, I think they were the ones who sponsored the uh, the Baby Yoda balloon in this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That was a popular uh, balloon in the parade. So they have the licenses to a lot of these toys. They also have games, but my favorite division on Funko is what is called Loungefly. Now they bought Loungefly in 2017 for basically piddly money, and now they're crushing it. So what is Loungefly? It is accessories and apparel, but mainly accessories. So when you go to Disney World, you might see these cute backpacks with like Mickey or Cinderella or any kind of Disney character on them or Star Wars or any of this stuff on the backpack. And they're, they're not cheap, they're um, beautifully designed and they also sell purses and other accessories and Loungefly now has soared. So in the third quarter, Loungefly sales were up 36.3% to $36.7 million just in that one quarter. By comparison, last year, Loungefly itself only made 26.9 million. So uh, comparing that, I tried to go back and see what it did in prior years, but they have not broken out Loungefly until just recently. So it was always combined in the other category because they considered it to be too small. And other also includes like their games that they've uh, really expanded in recent years. So in 2019, the other category was totaled just uh, 46.8 million. So that was everything in the other category. And now Loungefly, this, just, this quarter was 36 million. And the other category, um, itself, which is now just still called other, but does not include lounge fry, was 37 million. So those two combined were up over 70 million 
in the third quarter of 2021, again, compared to 46 million in 2019. So Loungefly to me, big growth, great product. Um, they're great with, uh, you know, get, getting what the customers want that some of those items sell out almost instantly when you can buy them on the Loungefly website as well. So I like Funko for Loungefly, but the pops are still selling uh, crazy as well. And the pop figures were up like 40% in the third quarter as well. So everything is working for Funko right now. The former CEO has stepped back. He has gone to creative director now, but that's fine because he's still sticking around and just going to get to do the fun part of uh, you know product development and everything that's going on with the products. So what's happening with the stock? So year to date, it is up 70%, but over the last six months, it's actually fallen 25.8% on just general weakness with some of the retail stocks. And so this is a buying opportunity, I feel, for Funko even though um, I do own it in my own personal portfolio and I've owned it for several years, but I'm, I've added off and on dollar cost average and now I'm eyeing it because it is still so cheap. So it's PE is at 13.6. So that's uh, not as cheap as some of the others we've talked about today, but still very cheap. It's peg is 0.49. So basically 0.5 for the peg. Price to sales is 0.9. So that's also cheap, no dividend with Funko. But let's take a look at those earnings. So 2020, the pandemic year, it did get hit hard. It was um, only made 37 cents, but it rebounded in 2021 up to $1.26. That's up 240%. And now here in 2022, going forward, expecting to make $1.38, up about 10% going into next year. But I'm expecting even better than that because it's been blowing out the earnings. The analysts are underestimating how well it's doing and the strength of the consumer. So I'm still liking Funko into next year and it's still cheap. Again, I do own it in my own personal portfolio, market cap of just 703 million. So keep an eye on Loungefly, I'm expecting that to grow into an easily $50 million a quarter. Uh, sales for that. And then who knows from there. So Funko FNKO is the ticker. And then we're going to wrap it up with another retailer, PVH, uh, ticker PVH. I'll have some more to say about the retails in a second after I'm done with PVH, but they uh, own Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein. They are international as is Funko. I didn't mention that about Funko. Um, but PVH does have big China business, but also big in Europe and in North America. There can be found at a lot of the, um, the like outlet malls. So a lot depends on tourists coming into North America, especially you know in the Orlando area or Las Vegas. A lot of tourists like to shop, and that's when like Calvin Klein outlets and things do well for PVH. But it's starting to come back. And so their international business a little bit better, even with some store closures. So they have Australia stores and those were closed last quarter. So you have to keep in mind what's going on with the COVID outbreak still for these international companies. It does impact, but the recovery should be getting much better in 2022. So how cheap is it? The PE is at 11.2. 
Price to sales is 0.8. Its peg is just 0.3. Does pay a dividend, but it's super tiny at just 0.14%. So you're not really buying this for the dividend at all. Um, what did the earnings look like? So it lost $1.97 last fiscal year during the pandemic. Expected to make 9.29 this year, up 571%. And then next year, up a little bit over 9% to $10.14. So I like that. Again, no value trap here. What have these shares done? Not too great year to date. Most of the gains in PDH were it was in 2020. And now this year up just 11.8%. And over the last month, it's actually down 14%. So very choppy if you look at that chart, not really going anywhere. And you don't really want to trade it because it's up, down, up, down. <laughs> Um, this is kind of one to buy and hold and not really look at it because then it might just frustrate you. But market cap of $7.5 billion, so it is bigger. It is a bigger company. But PBH, um, in all the trendy areas, it has, you know, lingerie, athleisure, and, uh, you know, dresses, just like everything with both of these brands. So PBH, one of the big kind of dependent names. Now, on the retail side, a couple of other retailers made this list, and I just want to talk about them and why I didn't choose them as one of the five. So Dillard's made this list, DDS. Um, Macy's did not, but I'm going to talk about that as well because these are the department stores. So DDS, still cheap, PE of 8, PEG of 0.5. Over the last month, it's it's fallen 12%. It was off worse than that, but it's gotten a little bounce here. But let's look at the earnings. So this year, fantastic year. As the consumers rushed out and they wanted to buy apparel and shoes and everything else that Dillard sells, earnings $31.91 this year. Um, but next year, expected to fall 40% down to $19. That's why I didn't choose it, because this is more of a value trap. Now, those earnings may completely change and turn around if the consumer remains this strong. If we have 2022 with GDP of, you know, four or five percent every quarter and it's hot next year and the economy is booming because the pandemic is slowly receding and going away, then you know, Dillard's will do well in that environment and these earnings could turn around. But for right now, it still looks a little bit like a value trap to me, even though the shares are cheap. So um, these have come down big off of their highs. They're still up 321% year to date. So I just feel like a lot of what is happening is already somewhat priced into Dillard's. If I can get it even cheaper, Maybe, so I'm keeping it on my watch list right now. Same with Macy's, ticker M. Some of you have been asking me, hey, why aren't you buying this for the Zach's Value Investor? Because it's super cheap. It's PE is just 5.7, has a peg of 0.5. So it's dirt cheap still. Um, it has come down off its highs, just like Dillard's, uh, down about 12% over the last month. But year-to-date, up 143% now. It was up 200% at one point. But similar kind of outlook for the earnings. So this year, expect to make 481 Next year, just 393 down 18%. But again, if uh, things 
look a little bit better. Those estimates are going to change as it goes along. But a lot of the retail analysts have been burned many times with the department stores, right? Because it has been pretty gloomy with the department stores. So they're not really buying in that this time it's different or that the business has really improved this much that they can make even more in uh, next fiscal year. But I still do like the department stores. I don't know about you, but I've been ordering many of my holiday gifts off of Macy's and them adding their own marketplace and being quick with delivery actually um, has impressed me. And several of my family members as well have mentioned it um, on without me you know, asking them about it. They've, they've mentioned Macy's. So that's all a good sign. But can they keep this momentum once the holidays are over? Once uh, you know even more of the normal economy returns in 2022, can Macy's and Dillard's stay on top? We will see. But I just wanted to mention them um, because I know I keep getting asked about them. They are cheap, but have a little bit of value trappiness in there. And if I can avoid the value traps right now, I will because I wanna see earnings growth into next year, because that's pretty impressive given what kind of earnings growth we've seen this year. If these companies can keep it up and keep that uh, you know, growth as well as being cheap into next year, then that's what I wanna look for. So we got that with these stocks. Let me repeat what the stocks are. We had KB Home, KBH is the ticker. I still like those home builders, but watch for rising mortgage rates, which could put a damper on the party to some extent with the home builders. So keep that in mind. We had ACE Technology or ASE, I don't know how you pronounce it. ASX is the ticker. So just, just keep the ticker in mind. AS as in Sam, X as in X-ray. Then we had Asbury Automotive, ABG is the ticker there. Then we had Funko, which I own in my own personal portfolio. I've owned it for several years now. F-N-K-O, F is in Frank, N is in Nancy, K-O is the ticker. Then we had PVH, which is Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein. PVH is the ticker. And then I did mention Dillard's, DDS, and Macy's, which is just M, M as in, Ma- as in Macy's, um, just a single ticker for Macy's. So um, yeah, there's a lot going on with the value stocks. And we have one more episode this year in 2021 where I'm going to be taking a look at some more stocks that maybe you should be considering and where the trends kind of are even though I've kind of already talked about this, but um, I can't get enough of it and how cheap so many areas are here. And the outlook is extremely bright for value stocks heading into 2022. Our time is here. So it's going to be a fun one on the Value Investor Podcast um, to finish out this year and to start in January. So make sure you're getting all of our podcasts somewhere because uh, there's going to be a lot going on. And you can get them all on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. Just about anywhere you can get podcasts. You can get the Value Investor Podcast. But be sure to, because I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.